Hello, I'm Bern Lecky, and this is the third in a short series of podcasts from Seven Vineyard, where we're looking at Psalm 139. So far, David the psalmist has been searched and known by God, and while that sort of sounds arresting, he found the knowledge which came out to be wonderful. He's talked about running away from God, but unable to get away. God's presence and his love and grace are all that big, much, much bigger than we can outrun. So all the way through, I'm noticing this kind of tension between wanting closeness with God and the words David keeps using, which sounds like he wants to flee. And I've been feeling that in myself too. So what's going on there? Is it something we're going to find out more about as the psalm continues? Let's see. Here are verses 13 to 18. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. The first thing I'm noticing here, look at how intimate this is. Not in a sort of grown-up bedroom sort of way, but in the most totally innocent, pure state of when David was just being formed. He was literally innocent of everything. And it's amazing to think that if this God that we believe in is real, he has known all of us before anyone else and better than anyone else. And, and I don't mean knowing like, hi, there you are, I see you. It, even that would be sort of amazing enough, right? David gives God the credit for making him who he is. You created my inmost being. You knit me together. And he did this really well. Your works are wonderful. That's not a songwriter going on about trees and mountains and sunsets there. It's David realising this is him. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It reminds me of a story right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, which starts with God being given the credit for making the world and making us and everything he made. It says seven times in chapter one of Genesis, it was good and that's how god makes things really well the light good the waters good the land and the plants good everything from the motions of the heavens to the life in the air on the ground and ultimately in this story us good 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 and very good now at some point you might be thinking, well, didn't it all go bad, though? Isn't that the point of the story, to explain why religious people think we're all rotten and rubbish? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I don't think so. It's definitely the origin story of problems in this beginning of Genesis. God made everything good, so how come there is 
bad and suffering in the world? That is a problem and a, and a very big, important question. The Adam and Eve story doesn't cover all of that, but it is, I think, the origin story for guilt. There was one rule, Adam and Eve broke it, and that's what guilt is. It was a thing that they were responsible for. The story is a way to make sense of where guilt first came from. And after they broke God's rule, Adam and Eve suddenly developed this sense of shame. Like, they hadn't just done a wrong thing. They started thinking there was something wrong with who they were. So they'd better hide who they were and their naked bodies. Oh no, let's cover up, cover up. There you go, stick a fig leaf on that. These last couple of weeks, I've been remembering how I was brought up in a church which was really very loving but taught us as children that there was something wrong with us original sin that we had been born with and it seemed to take a lot of effort on our part as well as God's work to fix now if we start off life broken we're all essentially fixer-uppers and we how good can we hope to get how much work is it going to take to get rid of this guilt which keeps coming back and shame which sort of never goes away, maybe because that's our natural state. Is that how we were born? Oh, all these struggles that I have, when I think about God knowing me completely, what's he going to find? What's he going to think? These all feel pretty daunting if I look at him in this kind of religious sort of way. Like, the best I can do is tidy up when he comes round, but life's only going to get messy again naturally. Well, David here isn't coming from that angle at all. That's what I love about his intimacy with God. It's taking him back to his real origin story, which goes all the way back before anything made him feel guilty or shameful. God made him and he is good, 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 very good. More than that, he's wonderful. Why? Because God made him. And David says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Your works are wonderful, God. That includes me. And you listening, that includes you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are wonderful. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the thought of saying that to myself in the mirror. If I say that to you, I am wonderfully made, don't I just sound a bit full of myself? I think that's the point. It's it's not just me being full of myself. It is at least me starting to get that I'm full of God's work, God's goodness, everything that God's done. And that, it says on page one of the bible is good 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 and very good can we dare to believe that the other things the, the not so good things are just a blip a bump in the road they're not the core of who we really are and that god who sees us and knows us completely knows that hmm I don't think I always knew that. I really needed to hear that when I was a teenager. I needed someone to tell me the opposite of what I think I picked up from church for whatever reason, quite probably my own fault and my own misunderstanding, that I was born messy and broken and wrong because of my ancestors and that it would take religious rules to get rid of guilt. 
never seemed to quite go away i used to think it was all up to us to try and fix this using some supernatural tools that god had left lying around or given to special people like priests and when i was 15 i was thinking a lot about how life was hard and what i had to do to feel better what did i have to do to be less guilty of stupid things uh, what did i have to do to be a better person and a better friend to people uh, or, or what did i have to do to feel that i was finding my way in anything that wasn't just getting good marks for being clever at school and I love that God put people in my life who kept telling me it's not about what you have to do. It's all about what God has already done. I'm working hard trying to earn people's approval. Along comes this weird idea that the things I wanted most are not things I can earn. They're things that God has given for free. And we call that grace. And it's amazing amazing grace and what i really really love in the psalm is how david doesn't just take god's love and grace like a free gift of heavenly medicine that he needs because he's sinful and broken no he accepts god completely like someone he could not ever control it was never up to him god was always working there in david's life even when david was in the womb no one could earn that. God made him wonderfully from the beginning. That's who David was. He couldn't change that. He might have felt he lost that sense of connection with God at times, and I certainly did too. But getting it back wasn't about earning God's approval. It was just remembering who he was and who he was born to be. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I did. When I was 15, I, I consciously reached out to God to ask for a connection, if he was real. And then that's how it felt. It didn't, didn't feel like a new thing. It felt like an old thing that God said, yes, I'm, I'm going to restore that. That innocence of, of how he made me. The sort of the boop of a reboot. That's what computers sounded like at the time. BBC Micros. I'm a child of the 80s in a posh school. I'd been trying to understand the world and God. And believe me, I still am. Um, but I was a bit like David when he says, oh, how vast is the sum of your thoughts, God? I, I, I can't even count them. But any time I might think I can get my head around God, I just love how he reminds us. It's more important that he gets his arms around us. And that's the image I want to finish with this week. That, that's who we are. Known and loved more than we can ever know or feel that we can love in return. And uh, next week we'll see how God loves and wants the whole of us, including our thoughts, even the super weird ones, the, the ones we can't, that just pop into our head and we don't know why they're there. This week, would you want to see what happens if you bring yourself to God and just thank him for being a brilliant creator and for making you really, really well and wonderfully? And that is not a boast. That's what it says here in the Bible. That is just who you are. Amen. Amen.